You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt director of the last mask center for shamanic healing she's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical emotional mental and spiritual well-being especially when nothing else can now here's your host christina pratt welcome everyone to why shamanism now this is your host christina pratt and i would like to begin by calling in the spirits to be with us here today on this exquisitely beautiful day so with great gratitude in my heart for life and for love i call out first to our ancestors to your ancestors and to mine to all of those who lived well and died well and bring to us all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines we call out to these beings who hold this rich legacy and we ask them to stand with us to stand behind us and whisper in our ears to help to guide us that we do not make the same mistakes as those who have gone before us that we learn from them and that we go forward in a way that creates in a way that innovates and a way that co-creates a new world with spirit a world that our descendants would be proud and happy and excited to inherit and so we ask these ancestors to gather around us here today and to help us to make a life rich with art a life rich with ceremony a life made rich with ritual and our active honest and authentic intimate relationship with the spirit world and we ask these ancestors to help us to learn from those who have gone before us and with these ancestors gathered round in great gratitude let us draw our awareness into our mind from wherever it might be from our mind into our heart And with a nice deep breath, let us sink our mind and our heart into our belly. And from our belly, let us reach down and touch the earth with our energy in a way that has meaning and um, substance for us. And let us reach into the energy of the earth with gratitude. Gratitude for all that has been on our path that has brought us to this moment. Those things we understand as gifts and blessings and those things that came disguised as crises, those things we have not yet understood how to unwrap for the gift that they contain. We give great gratitude for it all and thanks to the earth for the great wonder of this earth walk. We give thanks for this moment and we give thanks for all that is to come and we ask the earth to help us. As humans have always asked, we ask the earth to help us to dream with the earth and to co-create the future for those who are coming. And so with great, great profound gratitude to the earth, gratitude for life and a moment of wonder and awe at the simple fact of being alive, we give thanks for beauty and diversity and we send that gratitude down through all the layers of the earth, all the way down to the very center of the earth. And we take our mom- a moment here and ground ourselves in the center of the earth. And then with the next breath to draw the energy of the earth up, drawing this energy that is replenishing and rejuvenating, refreshing, just like crystal clear water on a hot, hot day. We draw the energy of the earth up, bringing into ourselves 
into our day, into these proceedings, all the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way. And we call up the energy of the earth, have it rising through all the layers of the earth into our body, and let it rise up to fill our belly, let it rise up to fill our heart, let it rise up to fill our mind, and may we use this energy to find grounding and place and home in our life. To create a sense of hearth that we can share with others, a sense of home that we take with us when we travel, and a sense of belonging that allows us to understand we are one great human family. And we ask the energy of the earth to be with us so that we can understand what it is that we stand for in this life and to act in ways that make that which matters to us manifest. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to experience connection and interconnection, and ultimately oneness with all things. And may we take right relationship with ourself from that oneness, right relationship with others, right relationship with our environment and the spirit world. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to be here in a good way. And we reach our energy up. Up from our body, up from the earth, up through the layers of the sky, out through the atmosphere, out in the cosmos. And we reach up, all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you know this energy, by whatever way you conceive of it, reach out to this energy and we begin to draw it down. Drawing in with great gratitude, blessing. Drawing in protection. Drawing in, drawing in generosity and devotion, drawing in benevolence, drawing in all the wisdom of the cosmos. We draw this energy down. We draw it through the layers of the sky into our head, into our heart, into our belly, and send it all the way to the center of the earth. And with our awareness in our body, we now hold this space in which earth and sky come together. These two great legendary lovers, the Tao. The all that is here within us. And we ask this energy, this big love, to give an awakening message to inspire our hearts to open and to come alive on this day. And may the heart be the crucible of transformation that it uniquely is to call up the fiery passions of the belly, call down the crystal clarity of the mind, and to let these energies mix and merge in the heart that we might discover the sense of why we are here. And may we find in that heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring our true unique gifts into manifestation in the world. So we give thanks to all the spirit energies gathered round here today. May what needs to be said be said. May what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So we give gratitude to those spirit energies that stand around us. And I give gratitude to those people and the spirits of the people who give generously to this show that this show can stay alive, can pay its bills, and stay on the air. This show is free to all who can access the Internet. And there are archives from over four years of shows every week. This is a rich resource for others, and those of you who donate make this possible, that those who cannot are able to access these um, teachings. And so I give thanks to you for helping me to do this. And if you are moved by this show in any way, if you're moved in the heart, even to distraction or irritation, but if you're also moved to inspiration, moved to take action in the world, understand that this movement of the heart and allowing that to motivate our actions in the world is the very essence of shamanism 
worldwide to be to allow our hearts and what has meaning to us to motivate our actions in the world is the core of shamanic thinking shamanic action so if you are moved by this show in any way please do something to help the show to grow if you cannot donate um do something that allows the teachings to grow in your life bring it to your journey circle start a journey circle learn to journey do something that allows this to grow ask questions send show ideas connect with other people um and if you can go to whyshamanismnow.com click the support button and donate any amount large or small in any currency um, for all of it, I am deeply grateful. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. If you would like a monthly reminder, we're happy to set that up for you. And for those of you um, that don't want to pay um, on the Internet, please feel free to just email me at christina at lastmesscenter.org, and I'll give you a good old-fashioned, regular old address right here on planet Earth. So thank you all. And without further ado, I would like to give thanks to our guest today, Faith Knowlton. Uh, welcome, Faith. Hello. Faith, Hello, thank I'm you going... for joining us. Oh, I'm sorry. I am pleased to be here. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Faith is um, joining us to talk about sacred art. And she, we are honored to have her here today. And she's going to um, share her work with us in this first episode of a series where we're exploring art and shamanism. So for those of you that don't know, um, ayahuasca paintings are not the only version of visual art to come out of shamanic life. Um, So Faith um, has a beautiful um, body of work, which you could access all right now um, at Faith Knowlton, N-O-L-T-O-N, faithknowlton.weebly.com. And so if you want to look at the images while you are listening you can do that so faith was born in london and trained in fine art and sculpture at liverpool college of art and in art teaching at liverpool john moore's university since then she has made a lifelong exploration of spiritual creativity perception healing sacred and tribal art and shamanism Personally, Faith found a path with the medicine wheel traditions with Leo Rutherford of Eagle's Wing in the UK and in shamanism in general uh, with Jonathan Horowitz of the Scandinavian Center of Shamanic Studies. Um, Jonathan's now in Sweden. Um, Faith lives in Western Wales. Um, She uh, paints now having come full circle and back to her work so she's painting her soul travels and sharing shamanic creative ways of living with individuals and small groups she has been a shamanic healer a soul counselor and gardener a mother illustrator art teacher editor and writer she was the illustrator for link up magazine and the author illustrator of easy to use shamanism which you can still get Um, online i looked the other day and uh it's a lovely resource and she founded and for many years was the editor of sacred hoop magazine um faith uh now having come full circle has returned to her painting and gives creative and spiritual guidance sessions workshops using imagery and sacred art every so often she has a giveaway of her work via her website letting the paintings find homes they wish to go to rather than taking the gallery sales path so if you'd like to contact faith faith can be reached at faith at faith knowlton 
N-O-L-T-O-N, dot C-O dot U-K. So we are not live this week, um, but if you have questions, feel free to email me at Christina at LastMaskCenter.org or Faith at Faith at FaithNolton dot C-O dot U-K. So Faith, again, thank you for joining us today. Um, would you share with us first what what brought art awakening into your life or brought it into your life? How did how did that relationship begin? Art. Um, well, my father was um, a self-taught artist and a cartoonist, and so I just grew up with old pencils and sketch pads and so on as, as part of my daily play really and it, it progressed from there I just knew that I wanted to uh, develop that and be an artist and uh, wasn't quite sure what that was <laughs> and, but I just, just kept, kept on going <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. and, and so and obviously that. because you went to school yes. for it as well Yes, yes, ended up at art school and um, found that I really didn't fit in at that point. Um, I was working very intuitively, and now I know that I was working with the spirit, but then I had no idea about the world of energy or spirit. And so I was a bit of a puzzle to myself and the tutors because their paintings just arrive um, and be done very quickly, but uh, I didn't have the right kind of art patter, that, you know, my mission statements and so on. It was all a bit haphazard. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, you know, when I left college, I thought, well, I'm a little bit confused. Um, I followed my nose and trained as a counsellor and um, started to train in healing. And then the the light went on and I realized how my paintings were coming to me. And then I could begin to get a more orderly kind of work process with them. And uh, from then on, it's just, it's carried on. So then was there some kind of um, turning point or moment in life where you sort of stumbled over shamanism Mm. specifically? Yes, I well, I met the teachings of the medicine wheel with Leo Rutherford and learned to separate out thinking, feeling, acting and um, intuiting and all those kinds of actions. Um, made sense of my own personal sort of energy map. Um, and then through that I was, lucky to meet Sunbear, the Chippewa medicine man who came to the UK um, and was was really moved by his connection with the earth and um, uh, the web of life. Once, shortly after that, Sunbear uh, became terminally ill and people all around the world were, were doing ceremonies for his healing and I thought, well, you know, I didn't feel equipped to do anything in particular except to paint. So I started doing a painting for him, and it was the first time I'd done a healing intended painting. Um, and that really taught me, that was the beginning, that was the first step. 
I still have that painting. And when people come into the house, they you know, just go up to it and soak it up. The energy is a big tree painting, and, and, they, and they just love the energy that comes from it. So it's still giving out its healing. Uh-huh. It's like a, like a window into that energy. Um, so that's where it started, really. And I thought, well, this is this is interesting. I'll I'll keep exploring. And then the spirits began to give me paintings to do. So um, if it, people are familiar with journeying, you know the landscape that we go into in the spirit world. Very often, my spirits will say to me. Oh, you need to paint this bit, and that can be quite a challenge if you're <laughs> at the edge of the cosmos with golden rain and all the daddy dot. There's wonderful mm-hmm. things going on, and they say, "Well, paint that when you get back." And I go, "Okay, <laughs> do my best." <laughs> so you've said that your paintings. Um hold a story or maybe yeah. a song um mm. can you can you speak some more about that and 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 perhaps how over time um it's become either easier or harder i guess <laughs> to draw that song out in the work i think yes this this sort of story aspect of it um the original sunbird tree that i painted was the um the tree of life so it was telling the story of that place um, as you, you were beautifully evoking that uh, at the beginning of the program with the energy being drawn down and the energy of the earth drawn up. And so in a sense, it, they tell energy stories of um, healing situations, maybe circles. I've, I've done one recently of a circle of ancestors. So kind of telling the story about how the shamanic experience comes to me um, and also that maybe the story of a part of a journey. I have um, and again I have done one in which a journey in which I met the spirit of um, Mechanopsis, the Himalayan poppy um, and it was in a field of wonderful calendulas uh, marigolds that were just extending to the, the horizon and I had to lay down on the marigolds and be sort of body surfed along. So this is this, these are the things I paint. And um, something happens. I've, I, I, first of all, I was just doing it because the spirits were asking me to do it and because it would seem to be what I wanted to do. And then as people observed the paintings, I realized they were getting other things from the images, maybe not the story I thought it was, but certainly energy transmissions, if you like. So I realized that the spirits were actually helping me to create windows for them to operate through, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And it's, it's very... Uh, there's a mix of things which... Um, which I might be asked to do. I might be asked to do a blessing painting for a place or a person. And I will do a journey or enter the silence and ask my spirits to give me the picture. And very often it's complete in my mind's eye uh, or in my journeying landscape. And my main task is just to be truthful to that 
And that's that's the hard part because the brain wants to think, oh, I'll just have another little flower here. <laughs> I fancy doing something else in this corner of the painting. If I do that, it stops flowing and working for me. And I have my spirits in my ear in the studio saying, was that really what you saw? Is it really like that? You know, and I go, oh, well, all right then. <laughs> And then we're back on track again, and that's kind of truth to the the experience is what matters. It's it's similar to the, it sounds similar to the experience when we're learning to journey, of learning to actually just trust the journey, Uh, that that learning to be truthful to just what you've been shown and not embellish. It sounds like that's That's part of the journey. Absolutely. The, and, uh, you know, when we learn to first learn to journey, the, one of the big questions is, but was it just imagination? You know, mm-hmm. And imagination, of course, is the thing we use as, uh, creatively as, uh, when we make a, a, anything. Um, sculpture, painting, doodles, textiles, anything. But the imagination, we get the kind of sense in the journey of when it's our own mind stuff interfering or, or, or embellishing. And then the same with the painting. You get the feeling as you're doing it that, okay, this is going off track. This is my ego interrupting and adding bits and so on. So imagination can an incredible doorway as long as we keep the intention of the work clear, like the intention of a journey. And then we go, go astray in the journey and, and we repeat the, the, the intention again to the spirit and to ourselves, I'm coming to do this. And then the journey will clear and, and move forward again. And it's the same as the painting. You come back to the original intention. It's blessing. If it's recording something we've seen in the spirit world, um, if it's weaving of energy, such as when, when you're doing a mandala shape, a circular painting, which is for meditation and um, reflection, and it just has to keep that intention clear all the way through. And then that, that's what speaks to anyone observing that painting is that they're picking up the intention. Um, They might appreciate the bits of painting or whatever's on it, but the power of of the work is in that communication of the intention and the energy combined. Sometimes this kind of painting is called intentional art. It's like working in a sacred space with um, an intention, a focus or a mission, and, you know, I work, the studio is a sacred area, and, and I start painting in a sacred way, lighting a candle, maybe singing, dedicating the time and the space. And then at the end, when I finished working, I need to shut that all down again. Otherwise, I'm still half in that world. It's a bit like dancing between the two worlds. When, you, when you're painting, you've got one foot in the real world um, where you have to hold the 
paintbrush and wag it around and get fresh water and all that. And and then the other foot is in the spirit world where we're in the dream space and allowing the imagination doorway to bring through what the spirits want to say and what they want to, people to see. And that's a balance act. It's it- quite tricky i mean it scares sometimes people do it spontaneously and it scares them and they stop doing it so it seems that cultivating your ability to be in that place of balance that's the acrobatics of it (laughs) seems seems to be part of part of what you would get better at over time to to be able to enter it intentionally and and to and to be there for, hang yes. out there for a while and then leave intentionally. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, so Faith, it sounds to me that 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 actually, you know, someone who for let's let's imagine someone listening yes. who's never imagined that their journeys could evolve into art. It, it's yes. never crossed their mind. Maybe they don't really yes. think of themselves as an artist, quote unquote. Yes. But it sounds like if they journey and receive the image mm. and then, you know, go through the steps, as you said, of, of setting, of opening up the sacred space yeah. prior to the painting or the, or the chalk or the drawing or whatever they mm. want to do. They're mm. too complicated. But, yeah, yeah. but they could light the camp, sing their power song, open up their, mm. bl- do something with their altar, but do, you know, Mm. Open that space and just begin, and just yes. remember when they feel they're done to mm. to close the space as you would close a ritual or a ceremony. And so anyone actually could could begin. Does that indeed? Yeah. Sometimes it's a, it's a good way in um, to actually instead of writing and recording your journey experience in words, to try and do it as a picture. Uh, even if you're thinking of the kind of art forms of comic books, you know, when you've got the different scenes in a row across the page, or just particular parts of the journey which seem to be very visual, or it can be pattern. It doesn't have to be realistic pictures as, as such. And so that's one way of, of seeing it as a way of recording But also, when we start to make pictures, most people are carrying a lot of baggage about art and the fact they may have been told they're not creative, they can't do pictures, they've failed to grasp how to do perspective, or many ways in which people have actually, and it's kind of it's so common it's almost the elephant in the room you know um but to actually get beyond that fear and those old messages is maybe sometimes needed to begin with so that you can make something for the spirit or something from really offering from your heart which is uncomplicated it can be as simple as drawing a heart on a piece of paper or canvas or 
you know, don't don't get fussy about the materials. It can be inside uh, of a cardboard box. But if it's done with love and intention, you can draw a heart, send send that energy to the world, and that will happen, just like any prayer. And it's not challenging. It's not like oh. are making masks in my workshops and, and, mm. and I can feel the energy starting to get stuck and I just remind them this is just between you and spirit you know you're, you're you've, you've just asked to represent this energy as it wants to be represented on this mask it doesn't have to look like buffalo to me to anybody else and as you said Opens a window for that spirit to to connect to this world, right. um, and it doesn't necessarily it doesn't represent the energy. It it is the energy somehow. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the more the more you go into it, the more you do it, the more you can learn. days and then it suddenly so it kind of switches off and you think oh where, where did it go um the, the feeling has completely gone uh, the connection and that painting may want to sit quietly with a cover over it for three four five months and then one day the spirits will say time again and out it comes for the next part especially if it's actually if it's a commission for someone um, I explained this to start with. I said, I don't know how long it'll take. Um, and, and it's interesting to compare with them what's going on in their life at the same time as the painting is being done. It's very often mirroring events, um, steps they're taking. So, so there's then, then there's a sort of three-way connection with the spirits, me as the artist, and then the person part, being part of the intention. Yeah. So, so talk with us a little bit, if you would, about this whole. I mean, there's commissions, sort of the technical art world term, I guess, but but also this sense of. I mean, it's pretty easy, I think, for some to, someone to imagine, okay, I'm doing my journey for myself and I'm mm. representing this aspect of this journey mm. visually through mm. some sort of medium. Mm. Um, but you've talked about blessings, commissions. Talk with us a little bit about, you know, what is it, what is it when, you're, when the journey is for someone else or the, the, mm. the whatever, the, the peace mm. is somehow serving someone else how, how, share some of those stories if you would yeah 
Well, I have to trust that what I'm given from the spirits will be what the person needs from them. If another person, we don't have to make sense of what the message is. Action is the spirits ask us to do on behalf of someone else. And sometimes the, the picture just comes. Um, it might be a, a beautiful horse, or it might be a star, or it's it's a um, it's symbolising what the spirits want to direct to the person. And that's that's an act of trust because I can't obviously can't <laughs> Skype with them continually. <laughs> do you like this pretty rabbit? Um, but I'm always really astounded that they'll they'll pick up the things on the painting so how did you know that how did you know i like this how did you know that and i don't it's that that's the painting that was coming to you and i was the hand that that, that made it so it's it's quite um quite intense process it, it may simply be a blessing for that person and that that will give them the, the energy, which when they look at the painting, then they access that that energy. But I just have to trust the spirits and what they show me to do. And it can be very specific. And sometimes I disagree with them. <laughs> <laughs> And I say, really? Pink there? You know, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then I think, and I say, I'm sorry, yes, of course, that's that's what needs to go there. We do need a mouse in that tree, yes. Um, because the uh, images are quite often quite whimsical. Um, uh, well, perhaps whimsical is the wrong word, but not, not completely logical. Um in their ingredients, I just have to trust that that process. It can be very healing. Um, at one point, I did um, a journey. I was asked to help um, someone, young young woman whose third child was um, in some difficulties after they were born. It's quite obvious that this child was deciding whether to stay or not, and she was in special baby unit and in an incubator and I did the journey and the um to, to ask what the baby needed and was given a painting to give to the mother which was actually of the spirits holding the baby securely and kind of tossing it up in the air with lots of bubbles all around and and I was reluctant because I thought well this might look as if the spirits are throwing the baby back into spirit, um, but actually, in facing that that possibility, the mother was um, relaxing into the process, and the baby decided to stay this side of life. And now the mother has it as a very precious connection with with the support that she she had from the spirits and the, and the choice her her baby made. So the stories can be very, very strong, very powerful, the way that the images are are offered. And they're not always comfortable. 
Um, so, so that it's the same with with any shamanic work. You know, we have to trust that what we have given is what is needed. It may be that someone is is dying, and they need a doorway to focus on to go through when it's time. And the per then you can actually ask that person what they want, what's their doorway like, and kind of co-create it with them, paint it for them. What flowers do you like? What what's what's the colour that's gonna be really lovely for you? And and spirits are working with that too. So that can be somewhere that that, that person can look at it while the process is going on. So it's, it, you know, it's taking a step beyond having a painting on a wall. Yeah. 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 Well, and in, um, you know, in these tribal cultures or pre-contact shamanic cultures, the art that surrounded them and their lives was all art of this meaning. You know, it all had this deeper intent or deeper meaning. It wasn't just to fill that big space behind the couch. You know? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think I'm thinking for some reason right now about these massive totem poles that the peoples mm. of the Pacific Northwest made that um, are uh, standing in front of their house, incorporated into their homes. They tell a story. They mm. they. They call the protector spirits in. You know, there, there's um, there it, the art's working. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're, it, that you know, image, uh, any symbol is um, the communication on a on a very deep level with us, with spirit, and also with our own soul. So that you know. The, the effect of colours or shapes or the images that we see are actually feeding into us at a soul level all the time. And I, you know, sometimes I look at the the harshness of the urban landscape. It's like that's the pictures we're seeing, um, and that, that's also doing something inside without us realising it. The images we may see on TV or in, in films and so on. I mean, I like TV and films, but um, I'm aware of the power of, of an image, um, what, what it can hold symbolically for people. Well, I know Americans tend to be fairly unsophisticated, actually, about the power of pictures and symbols in the media. We're sort of like lambs to slaughter of visual manipulation and I had a Qigong teacher once who who really admonished us to not look <laughs> you know, <he> really <laughs> encouraged people to seriously um, moderate or or diminish their engagement with advertising for example mm. um, and and to and to and in that to come back to understand and respect the incredible power of visual images yeah. and um, uh, and that the, and, and as you've said you know their pathway into the mind is different mm. and it's um, 
really unbelievably powerful. And so in a sense, what I see, um, you know, you know, sort of in your inability to come out of art school being marketable, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like you found a way to, to, to access that, that, the power of images, of icons, of mandalas, mm. of, of, of the visual input and, and, and bring it back into its sacred use, yeah. which is, you know, to shape our mind intentionally. Mm. Um, and and uh, I'm thinking in, in particular right now of a picture piece that you shared with me, um, which is the Grove of Stars, because it's very yeah. mandala like and so maybe um you could talk with us a little bit about your understanding of, of the power of symbols mandalas of of um, bringing this awareness into our um creation visual art yes but the thing you were referring to um the end of the book i just spent two years making a book of paintings and their stories, really, of how each one each one comes differently, and and so uh, the end of the book, I I got there, and and the, book, the whole book had been a process with my spirits. We had done soul retrievals with paintings and all kinds of things. I'd learnt so much on route, um, but at the end, I kind of came a bit like you know came to the edge of the land and then teetered on the edge of the cliff. Well, how can I finish the book and please give me a painting? That was the painting they gave me. Mm. It's about it, and it's it's about the the song really of the stars and um, a mandala, a circular and symmetrical image, gives us a sense of being centered, and we're drawn into the shape. That's that you know the eye the eye and the energy is directed in and at the same time whatever that is being transmitted so it's like a a conversation with the pattern um, in a way a medicine wheel is, is a mandala in that way it gives this sense of you know like a compass um, that we feel by looking at it we align ourselves with this balance um, at, at an energy level. And it can be, you know, children can be drawn to these, to images. They don't have to understand anything about them. They just know if they like them or not, or if they're drawn to them. And, and um, I've had people tell me that, you know, perhaps an autistic child really will respond to a painting like that whereas they may not respond to anything else much, you know, but that will hold their attention. So that conversation with energy and balance is happening. And, um, yeah, it was just given to me in that form as well. And mandalas come to me a lot. That's what that's the shape of spirits and, um, and The spirits have been speaking mandalas Oh, absolutely. It's a very ancient tradition. Tibetan um, consciously make their beautiful sand mandalas and the paintings to invoke the energies of the, the intention, back to the intention. You know, if it's the peace 
mandala. If it's a mandala for a particular deity, um, this would, you know, the deity, if you like, in my painting is the star, star energy, which I work a lot with shamanically. Another mandala I made was for the ancestors. Um, so it's, the mandala is, um, it's a very stable, very static shape because it's round and it, it, the pattern is round and it's symmetrical. We come into this kind of feeling of alignment and we can web of life as you said so one example that i i just really have fallen in love with is um the place of mason what amazing space you've created and it seems um that that's another thing that um another another way spirit is working with us through this art um is to create spaces places realities yeah yeah, and I mean, this was something that happened to me on a journey, and it was an intense energy experience for me, and the Spirit said, that, you know, this needs to be passed on. So that's all I could do, was, was, was to do the, the painting. And, um, yeah, it, it, sometimes it's gardens. I've been asked to paint gardens where I've, which I've seen in journeys. One was a, a soul restoring garden, which I actually needed some soul restoring. So they took took me into this garden, and, and it was a very healing place for me in the, in the spirit world. So you need this in your everyday world, so paint it and then share it with other people, so they can have a sit in this garden and to walk around this garden as well uh, and so that often I refer to my paintings as soul gardens um, because 
walk around the paintings and look at them and experience them. That what you were. Yeah, on the experience of um, if you are in France and you go uh, to uh, view the water lilies, the way that they are um, hung or installed, I guess is more correct, in, circularly around, so that you're you're literally sitting inside of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. Wow. It's, uh, um, yeah, exactly. Yes, I want to space like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, so, you know, I think, Faith, I, think too, I wanted it, to talk about your book a bit here. Yes. Um, I know it's not out yet, but it will be coming out from um, Divine Arts uh, uh, and Gardens of the Soul. It will be obviously exquisitely illustrated. Um, but. It, there is an aspect of this that is just fascinating in your own, you know, your own journey with it. You know, for example, you just sort of mentioned in passing five minutes ago about, you know, doing a soul retrieval through a painting. Um, yes. Could you share more about that? How uh, the kind of the mechanics of that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. um, when I was it at college, I had a flat and I had a very overgrown little garden and it was the first time I actually dug into the earth. I was trying to make this garden. I failed miserably. The garden was very happy doing what it was doing. But um, I, I'd, I wanted to paint this moment. My, well, my spirit said, paint that moment, the first time you dug into the earth as a, as a gardener. So I was doing painting. I was quite pleased with us and really nice And as happens, as I said, they survived, put it aside now. And then I was going through a process the following year of um, realizing I had left a very important part of my soul in the place where I was at college in Liverpool. And I had to negotiate with this soul part on a journey, and she was she was very angry with me, and we 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 kind of got talking a little bit, but she wasn't prepared to just come back to me now. It was I had to do some more negotiating. So the spirit said, "Well, you need to paint a picture to welcome her back." And I said, "Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Yes, fine. Yes, I'll do that." And went to get a new canvas. And I said, no, 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 on the one about you digging in the garden. And I said, oh, the, paint, the, the image they'd given me for the second, for the uh, welcoming the soul back, didn't relate at all to the image on the, on the first painting. And, and I said, well, it's, you know, I've got to paint over all these lovely bits that I'm really pleased with. <laughs> and they said, yes. So it became a process of, of overlaying uh, myself in my college days with a, a double image of myself now and welcoming the spirit back to me now. Um, they wove together, if you, <laughs> this is an advert for the book, there's the stages of the painting are recorded in the book. So you know, you can see more clearly how but one one painting had to go over the top of the other. And 
then they said, they said, well, this is going in the book. And I said, well, is this okay? Because this is a very personal thing I'm doing. And they said, yeah, it's fine. But there's one detail which you have, don't finish it until it's a symbol you need to put in the painting after you've photographed it for the book. So at that point, it becomes a private painting. So I photographed the the finished painting for the book, but there was one little detail still to put on, which I did recently, and uh, that's that's in a um, that's not for public viewing, if you like. But that whole process of doing the painting was reuniting me, and I could sense the the soul part in the room with me as I painted, and we kind of had a conversation through the painting through the honouring of her returning. And so we're this, together now. Yeah, it's beautiful. So this Ooh. book, um, so, so, so this whole, this is only one of many journeys, I guess, um, small journeys illustrated in the book. But, but mm. the book is, um, if I understand it correctly, it shares not only some basic shamanic techniques, but also mm. some painting techniques so that so that a person could could begin to to bring yes. these things together in, mm. at least inspired by the way that you're doing it if not similarly <laughs> oh absolutely um i just uh I'm, i really want to encourage people to just just do it and um, although each page there's a sort of alternate illustration page and the story of that painting but in amongst the story there's how what materials i've used um and and little suggestions for how people can make their own of the painting some of them are very simple one is a circle with just filled with hearts and my spirits gave me this as uh, a vision one day of all the hearts in the world beating the physical heart, and it was in, you can imagine an immense vision. And they, this was about 11 in the morning, and they said, now you paint this today and finish it today. And I was like, oh, I've got to paint all the hearts in the world today. Fine. <laughs> okay. But it's become one of the paintings I repeat for people. In the tradition of, of icons, it's not a um, like a a unique image. It's an image which is repeated, and um, it's in the doing of it that that power is made. So that's a very simple image that people can draw a circle and draw as many little tiny hearts as they can in this circle with the intention of respecting and loving all those hearts, connecting with all those hearts in the world. So there are parts of the book where it's very simple to um, to do something similar with whatever materials you've got. You know, uh, wax crayons. It doesn't have to be fancy art materials. It's the intention that, that and you know, the respect and the sacred space that it's made in. That's your conversation with spirit and which feeds into the web of life. And it's 
any, any, you know, positive thoughts, prayers, images are woven into the web of life and and reinforce the the positives and the beauty which we we really undervalue in the West. I think tribal people really really value beauty in a quite different way as a, as a kind of as a health issue. You know, we we need healthy souls. We need to have our souls nourished with beautiful things. Well, at the, but one of the most important things I think that you're saying here today, and I'm sure you're saying beautifully in the book, is that that to 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 move our intimacy with spirit, our journeys with spirit, our our dreams into these images, somehow mm. keeps that conversation alive. As you've said, mm. it feeds the web of life in a way that's very different than words in my journal. Yes, you know the words in my are in some ways relative to what we're saying today a dead end whereas these yeah. you know I, I, I'm looking at the place of mesas right now and I'm thinking mm. how many pages <laughs> would it take yes. to describe that <laughs> yes. right I mean page after page and yet yes. it's rendered here speaking mm. volumes and yet continuing to speak even though it's just here mm. on my computer it's not even really in my life but yes. it's still speaking, and it's alive. Yes. yes. And if it was in your journal, it would just sit there in your journal, a bunch of words on a page. It would mean things to you. Mm. But it's not necessarily feeding, as you've said, really feeding this web of life and mm. keeping that energy moving. We don't. I think human beings don't realize the degree to which we become a dead end for energy yeah. and we, we need to be the conduit through which it's moving yeah. and, and um, adding that um, creative quality we add because we've got thumbs, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's kind of moving. You can write words without moving into a trance space. It's very hard to make a picture or use symbols without moving into a trance space. A, a yeah. changing direction in your brain, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's it can you can write you can write the word love, but make a picture of it. You did, you know, it's not necessary that words are, are, are sort of lesser things, but words of poetry. Poems come to me as well with the paintings sometimes, but using that different quality, that trance, that poetry. Um, that uh, spirit connection with life is is very powerful, and um, if people can make the simplest symbols, stars, um, four points of a compass, very very clear energy symbols, and we're actually familiar with a lot of them in our culture, like teardrop, um, sun face, moon, crescent moon. We have quite a lot of of symbols once we start to to kind of think about it, And, and these can be such powerful gifts into life if we give them. And last weekend I did a um, workshop with a small group of 
of people very used to shamanic work. But we had to go through a process during the day of not being scared of the materials, of doing some doodling and having some food. that's so important is to just do it that that yes. it can be that simple and yes. it is deeply deeply powerful yes faith thank you so much for your work that is living here with us creating openings to the spirit world for us to be in that communication but also thank you for your book um i think it's a, a um, an enormous contribution to our, you know, to the lives of contemporary practitioners to, to see this way that they can begin to evolve their intimacy with spirit into sacred art. Mm, I and, hope that happens, yeah. Yeah, and finally, thank you to you for being with us here today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Christine. Thank and you so much. Blessings to all your, your listeners. Yes, and so we give thanks to the ancestors for gathering round, for the earth below, the sky above, and for the heart here that unites us all. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and next week, our guest will be Lori Shainsky, and she is going to speak to us about song and the use of song in sacred seas. Go make some art. <laughs>